0: Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Colossians. Today is episode 599. Looking at Colossians chapter 3 verses 18 through 19. Let's read our passage. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. This is Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. The church is dealing with some problems, and Paul's trying to bring them back to look into Christ, not looking to these other things. They're looking to following some of the Jewish laws of following a pattern of asceticism, self-denial, and looking to angelic beings for special information on how to be more spiritual. Paul's saying, "You don't need to be looking at these other places; just follow Christ." So he picked apart their thinking in chapter 2. Then in chapter 3, he started looking at the solution. He said, first, you got to look to Christ. You have to set your hearts and minds on these things above, on him. And then you actually have to live like a follower of Christ in basic morality, according to God's plan, and and with your relationship with one another. Now he's dealing with families, starting in verse 18. Colossians 3.18 through 4.1 is parallel to Ephesians 5.22 to 6.9. And you need both of these to interpret each other. Colossians is shorter in the husband-wife and parent-child section, but is longer in the master-slave section. I wonder if it has to do with the whole issue of Onesimus coming back to Philemon and in the Church of Colossae don't know why he does it this particular way, but there's these three couplets, we call them, where it starts from marriage, then moves to family, then moves to extended family. So marriage talks about relationship between husband and wife, and family, relationship between parent and child, and then the extended family dealing with servants. And it's the same pattern in both Colossians and Ephesians. And in each of these couplets, he addresses the one who is to submit first, which commentators say that shows that the real emphasis is on that person, the one who is to submit. So in the husband-wife section, the real focus is on the wife. In the parent-child, the real focus is on the child. And in the master-slave, the real focus is on the slave. The one who's called to submit. Today we're looking at verses 18 and 19. The husband-wife relationship. And it's pretty short. It is two sentences. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. That's pretty short. It's a much longer section in Ephesians chapter 5. And so we'll, we'll look at that some. Begin with the wife. It says, submit yourselves to your husband. Parallel is Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. Only two verses in the Ephesians part. And the key word here is submit. Submit's a word we generally don't like because we don't like to submit. We don't like to submit to the authority of the government when we have to pay taxes, but we do it because we'll get in trouble if we don't. We don't want to submit to the authority of the government to establish speed limits, but we sometimes do it, uh, particularly if we know there's a cop nearby because we'll get in trouble if we don't. We don't like to submit to a lot of things because submit, we think rules, and I don't want to submit to rules, or we think of somebody who's going to tell me what to do, and I don't want to do it. And if we're really honest, a lot of times we don't like to submit to God. Because God's given us some clear standards to live by. And whenever we're coloring outside the lines with respect to God, we're basically saying, I don't want to submit to God. We don't like to submit. And so this is a section that, well, a lot of people don't like, and it doesn't sound good in our societal context. So, Wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Now, the word submit, it's a verb. It occurs 38 times in the New Testament. 23 of those are in Paul's letters, only once in Colossians. And the word can mean a couple of things. It's a verb. When it's used in the active voice, it means to bring something to submission, to submit the world. God submits creation to himself. So that's the active voice voice, but then the other occurrence is the middle voice, where it is met as a voluntary bringing oneself into submission. And that's why they translate it here as submit yourselves, it's something you do voluntarily. Now, one point to notice here is the wife is called to submit, but the children are not, neither are the slaves. They are called to obey. It's different. Obey and submit are different. Obey, there's not that much voluntariness to it. Even though you're told to do it, you can be forced to do it. You obey the law and get in trouble if you don't. You submit as a voluntary action. So there's a, a lot of submitting in the Bible. Everyone submits to God. The church submits to Christ. People of the church submit to the church leaders. Christ submits to God the Father. And that's the one we need to actually take very big note of. Christ submits to the Father. And so to push back and say it makes me inferior to submit, well, Christ himself is Voluntarily submitting to the father. The, the issue is role. Just as if you are hired by someone to carry out a function, you're in a form of submission to the boss. Does that mean the boss is better than you? No, it means your role is to act in a submissive way to the boss. And so it's it's an issue of role, not worth. And he adds, as is fitting in the Lord. Sometimes people want to play with that and say, I will submit to my husband when he acts the way the Lord calls him to act, then I will submit. Well, no, that's, that's not what it means. Or I must submit to him as I even to submit to the Lord. No, By he's saying is as is fitting in the Lord. That is, as is appropriate. It's appropriate in the way the Lord has set things up in his creation for these roles to take place. So what does submit do? Does that mean do everything your husband says? No, that's obey. What it means is to assume a role of allowing the husband to be the leader of the family. But what if he won't lead? Well, you do your best. Unfortunately, it takes two to make this really work well. Because then he talks about husbands in verse 19. He says, husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. So don't be bitter toward them. It can also be translated, don't be harsh toward them. That is, telling them what to do. So he specifically told the active command there is love your wives. There's a lot of household codes of conduct that are available in that time period. None of them say anything like this, husbands. Love your wives. And the word translated as love is agape. So it's not just uh, arrows of a, uh, a sexual love towards your wife, it is self-sacrificing love towards your wife. And in fact, the section in Ephesians 5, verses 24 through 32, a fairly long section here about the husband, where he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we're members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. It's a lot there about loving your wife. Now, point being, it's a self-sacrificing love as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So it's to be a self-sacrificing love with the well-being of the wife as the primary objective. Now, this is fairly short. It's two sentences. Wives, submit yourselves to husband as fitting the Lord. Husband, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. In the section in Ephesians, he sums it up in verse 33. He says, to sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself and the wife to respect her husband. Emerson Egretz wrote a really great book called Love and Respect, and it's based on Ephesians 5.33. The call for the husband to love his wife and the wife to respect her husband. Sometimes uh, some wives push back against that and say, I will respect my husband when he earns it. Well, you you would not like if your husband said, I will love you when you deserve it. This is a command to each. Husbands, love your wives unconditionally, and there is no other answer. Wives, respect your husband unconditionally, and there is no other answer. So Emerson Eggert's uh, book, Love and Respect, is all about that. It's a really good book, and I recommend husbands and wives go through it together in that he paints a picture of what this actually looks like. And the big question is, does the wife feel loved, and does the husband feel respected? And if you're both doing that, and you're both getting your Love and respect tanks filled on a regular basis. That's when the magic happens and you really have a good marriage with one another. When you talk about it and iron out these issues and help each other grow in the Lord. One of your goals as a spouse should be, how can I help my spouse grow in their relationship with Christ? It's not by hounding, not by nagging but by praying and by example and by jointly endeavoring to know the will of the Lord. So this section here, the husband and wife couplet, the challenges for the wives to submit to the husbands and the husbands to love their wives. But I do love the uh, section, the summation in Ephesians 5.33 to sum up each of you to love his wife as himself and his wife is to respect her husband. Next time, we'll look at the, the couplet of parents and children, and then after that, masters and slaves. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Colossians.